Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday Meeting Podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday Podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now our speaker. My name is Greg, and I am a compulsive eater. As I mentioned earlier, I live near Phoenix, Arizona, and it's a pleasure to join you all today. I came into OA in 2006. My recovery began the end of 2008, maintaining about a 50-pound weight loss. I'm at a healthy weight, do yoga, just got back from a, almost an hour-long hike, walk, I should say, I hiked yesterday, no, Friday I hiked yesterday. So anyway, I'm in good physical health, thank goodness, so I'll bang on, my, bang on my desk, maintaining, as I said, about a 50-pound weight loss. My program is based on the instruction book, which is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So that's how I base my program. When I first came into OA in 2006, I came in for a very, very unique reason, and I'm the only one the only one that's ever come into OA for this reason. I wanted to lose weight by eating less dessert. Oh, and junk food. I wanted to lose weight by lose, eating less dessert and junk food because my wife was nagging me and she wouldn't let me buy a larger shirt. I had to buy one of those little extenders at the neck where you button them. Back then I was wearing ties and I couldn't button my shirt. I still have a picture of that. I was going to screen share, but I forgot. And the extender for the button, for guys that know this, is only about a quarter of an inch, the maximum extender. And she said, you are not going up in the size. So those are the things that really motivated me to come into OA in 2006. And I came into my first meeting. It was in Prescott, Arizona, where we were living. For two years plus, all I did was attend the meeting. I went to OA mostly for social purposes. If anybody's lived in a small town like me, there's not much going on at night. OA was about the only thing. The Starbucks even closed at 6 p.m. So I went to OA for a little over two years. And in the big book, it says half measures avail us nothing. Well, that didn't apply to me. Half measures availed me extra weight. Half measures availed me greater obsession. So half measures availing me nothing didn't happen. Finally, in the end of 2008, I decided maybe I should have a sponsor because I've heard other people do this type of a thing. So I was in Scottsdale at a meeting and I looked around the room and there were two other guys there that had long-term recovery. So I said, okay, I will interview them for the job of my sponsor. So I interviewed two guys to be my first sponsor. I only had one question that I cared about. One question. And that question was, do you require your sponsees to weigh and measure their food? So one said, yes, I require my sponsees to weigh and measure my food. The other one said, no, I don't require my sponsees to weigh and measure their food. So I'll let you guess who I selected for the job. And I did not weigh and measure my food. 
for a long time. My longtime mentor in this program, who's since passed away in San Diego, Gary, always told me, get a scale. And I did. I didn't weigh and measure my food. I got a scale. It was in my cabinet. That counted. And then he said, well, why don't you use it? And for what? I know what four ounces looks like. I know. Yeah, it looks like 12 ounces is what I found out. So anyway, my first sponsor was a real big book thumper. So the beginning of 2009 is when I started working the steps and we went through it quickly. You know, none of this just sitting around and hanging around and doing it whenever I got to it. He meant business and so did I. And that's when my recovery began. As I said, I've maintained about a 50 pound weight loss. My program is based on only one thing which is my connection to my higher power and whatever I can do to stay connected. I get down on my knees saying the third step prayer a lot, probably at least half a dozen times a day to stay connected to my higher power. That is the big thing for me. So going backwards a little bit, really what happened I don't really know exactly what triggered the switch from attending a meeting to joining Overeaters Anonymous. And for me, there's a difference. I attended for two years, no different than if I attend anything else and not participate in it. There's lots of organizations, social organizations, religious organizations that I have joined over the years where all I've done is attend, sat there and then went home. I had to get to the point in Overeaters Anonymous where I became a member of Overeaters Anonymous and not a bystander, not a visitor to Overeaters Anonymous. I don't really know exactly what happened. Why? All I know is from that day in the end of 2008, it happened. And here's how I know. We were, my wife and I were invited to a friend's house uh, in Albuquerque, middle of December. And they set up a beautiful Christmas table. There was red, there was green, there was all sorts of stuff. This was the end of, towards the end of December, 2008. And on the table, this is how I know when my abstinence started. On the table was a beautiful looking bread. I don't eat bread now, but it was a beautiful looking bread. And I took a taste and I said, this is not bread. So I leaned over the table. I put my head below the table and I spit it out into a napkin, seriously. I spit it out into a napkin. From that moment on, I knew what dessert was. And I have not had a bite of dessert since December of 2008. I have not gone to a fast food restaurant since the end of 2000. Oh, I take that back. When I drive from Phoenix to LA, I know all the best restrooms and which fast food restaurants they're in. So yes, I've been to fast food restaurants, but not at the front ordering counter. <laughs> I haven't had fast food since the end of 2008. So I spit this food out in the napkin. And guess what? To my surprise, we've never been invited back to their home. The message is, do not spit out someone's food that they've cooked special for you, especially when they're, you're in their home. Just don't take that first bite. It's a hell of a lot easier. Today, I spend a lot of time in this program. I go to four meetings a week. I sponsor. I'm looking for more sponsees, but I'm, I do sponsor. And I read the literature. 
action plan. Action plan for me is moving my rear end. So I'm very active, like I mentioned earlier, as far as hiking and yoga and walking and all these type of things just about every single day. So action plan, literature, service. I do a lot of service in OA. Telephone, I don't do that enough. There's a guy I call every day, not my sponsor. I call every day at 10 a.m. my time. He's a long timer. And I would encourage people to do this. I found it extremely helpful for me is to fix the time of my outreach calls. In other words, make standing appointments. Because if it's up to me, if I just have to get around to it, I, I, I make very, very few phone calls. Very, I have lots of numbers, but I make very, very few phone calls. Why is that? I don't really know. I can't tell you. I need to make more. Listen, everyone says that, I know, including me. But I need to make more phone calls. I think some of the reasons I just feel I'm too busy with the program. 10 o'clock, I have a 12 o'clock call. I have a 2 o'clock call. I call my sponsor every single day at 4 p.m. my time. This is how I remember to make these calls. But I don't make the random calls to newcomers and, and, and things like that, which I really should do. I would like to do that. I have a food plan. I have a plan of eating. I do. I write it down every morning. And one of the things I use is this journal, which I'm going to show you. Whether it's approved literature or not, I think it is. It's from Region 7 anyway. But they publish this thing. And I write in it every single day. So I write down my food. In the morning, I write down my gratitudes for the day. I write down something I like about myself and something to keep in mind today. I write on voices of recovery. So every day I read Voices of Recovery and I write about it. This is just my writing in the morning. So I write about a page and I put down the most important things that I need to do today. And what I wrote down today is OA and my other program meeting, clean the house, OA business type of stuff for service things that I did, make calls, and then I have a, a religious spiritual Zoom call later on. So those are the things that uh, my main things that I'll be doing today. So I wrote down a couple of things so I don't forget, but um, faith for me is the key. And in fact, that was the reading in the Voices of Recovery today was about faith. So I wanted to share what I wrote on it is that the most important thing for me to know is to act on faith that God will give me what I need for today. And I truly believe that. I act on faith knowing I will get what I need. Not necessarily what I want, but you know what? Those two things now have coalesced to just about one thing. My wife and I have decided a number of years ago to lead a minimalistic, spiritually-based lifestyle, which means we own basically nothing. Two old cars, a rental apartment. I'm not saying, I'm not degrading those type of things. I'm just saying this is an amazing way to live for us. Uh, two old cars, rental apartment, not even our furniture or our forks. It's like one of those corporate apartments <laughs> we've been living in for 10 years now. And it's a, it's a beautiful freedom that I feel to not be attached to types of material things. And I know deep in my heart and soul that God will provide what I need for me, whether it's stuff or, no, or something else. And that is the basis of my program, which is step two. And that was the writing today. And faith for me is really a no-brainer. I mean, I have faith in so many. Yesterday, I vacuumed. 
And when I turned on the vacuum, I had faith that the thing was going to work. Now, I don't even know how a vacuum works. It seems kind of simple, but I really don't know how it works, let alone the Zoom. You know, I don't know how any of these things work, cell phones, whatever. But I have tremendous faith that they will work. Why? Because I've seen other people vacuum. I've seen it in hotels. And occasionally somebody comes here to vacuum. And I've seen my wife vacuum. And I've seen myself vacuum. And it works. I use a cell phone. And it works. Overeaters Anonymous is based on step two, I believe. This that's the hope step. You know, step one for me is hopeless. It reminds me of the first uh, eight pages in um, Bill's story, where it's an illustration of hopelessness. And then something changes. And then it becomes hopeful. So he goes from hopeless to hopeful. And that's just a couple lines on the bottom of page eight, which is where he meets somebody who then gives him hope and faith. And that to me is the switch on the wall, the switch. It's me logging into this Zoom meeting, having faith. It's me picking up the cell phone, having faith. It's me knowing that I will survive being a vegetarian. And I have, and that's faith too. My wife is vegan. I'm not sure I'm going to get to that point yet, but uh, I do have faith. And I have faith in my eating plan as well. I haven't died yet by not having cake, which is amazing. Before I became absent in 2008, if you had said, Greg, you'll live with no dessert. You will live with no hamburgers. You will live with no French fries. Whatever, add on to the list. There's lots of things that are on my food list now. I would never have believed it. What will my life look like? without having dessert at 7 p.m. in front of the TV. I could not imagine. There's some people on this call, on this meeting today that say, well, what is my life going to look like in Overeaters Anonymous? No, I, no visualization whatsoever. And that's where, for me, faith came in. And I will tell you this, my life is so much better, so much, I'm so much wealthier. I'm not talking about money or stuff. I'm so much wealthier. I'm so much at peace, so much more serenity. Notice I said so much more. That doesn't mean there are times often, as my sponsor will vouch for, that I don't have that serenity, that I don't have that peace. But guess what? There are problems. I have problems. Everyone has problems. I'm the one that decides how big those problems are going to be. And that's something I've realized in this program, that I have the problems, and it's up to me to decide how big I'm going to make them. If I am able to have faith and turn it over to God, like I do in the third step on my knees, those problems stay in their right size. And I have to work my ass off to keep those problems in the right size. Practicing these principles in all our affairs, I'll tell you where I practice it the most often unsuccessfully, <laughs> is at home in my marriage. It requires a lot of practice, a lot of practice. Thank God for the program, and thank God for my sponsor, and thank God for the fellows, and thank God for the meetings, because I would be sitting here alone, without a doubt, and stuffing myself with cake. 
So the thing is in step 12, there's a reason I believe it says practice. On your way to 18 minutes. Oh, thank you. I didn't hear the five minutes, but that's good. So I'll wrap it up really quickly. So my, my message for me in my recovery is no matter what, get down on my knees and surrender and say the third step prayer. And I do this no matter where I am. I just got back from a walk on the bike trail. I got on my knees. I was at Starbucks the other day. I got down on my knees on the floor. The only place I haven't gotten down on my knees, I travel a lot. The only place I have not gotten down on my knees, and I wouldn't recommend anybody else doing this either, is in airplane restrooms. Don't try it. Or rest stops on the freeway. Don't get down on your knees. But I have gotten down on my knees everywhere. The third step prayer saves me. Keeps me grounded. So step one, I'm powerless. Obviously, I couldn't buy any more extenders for my shirt. Step two, I had faith. I allow faith to come in when I'm, whether I'm vacuuming using the cell phone or whatever. It doesn't really matter. And step three is just surrendering and giving up. I had to throw down those boxing gloves and get out of the ring. And I still get in the ring. Not nearly as much, but I still do get in the ring. So this is a beautiful program. Stick around. The program works. The God thing works. And um, I won't trade it for any McDonald's, any cake, nothing. The serenity I have is, is much more beautiful than that. And I'll pass.